Hello, and welcome to the Voter Podcast, because when you vote, great things can happen. Hi, I'm Mara Davis. I'm ready to burn my mask and burn my underwire bra. And I am Jen Jordan, and man, I am maskless, and I feel a little naked, I have to say. It's weird. It is weird. So this was announced that, you know, I mean, we're in a new day. Right. If you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask per the CDC. It feels really weird, though. You're right. It's going to totally be an adjustment. I was at a basketball game, my son's basketball game, last weekend. And I knew I didn't have to wear a mask. But I wore it anyway because I felt naked. Well, there's also this kind of a little bit of a social pressure now. Like in the beginning, people didn't wear a mask because of kind of that weird social pressure. And now it's like people feel compelled to, even though they're vaccinated, because you don't want anyone to think you're that guy, right? Like that guy who thinks that the virus is a hoax and, and you know, is, is kind of like a Karen. So it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be a little tough to it, pull back from that. Yeah, it's weird. But nevertheless, great news. Big news. And of course, things always happen, Jen, right after we record. Maybe, maybe we like, I don't know, the universe just listens and decides to do something big, right? It's bizarre. So we finished recording last week and then it was announced Keisha Lance Bottoms is not running for re-election. Yeah, that very day. That that, day. Because that's when I texted you and I said, should I run for mayor? (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm like, ha ha. And then I'm like, wait a second, are you serious? (laughs) And I said, no, I'm too dumb. I asked District Attorney Sherry Boston if she likes law shows. (laughs) I hope she's still talking to you after that. She had a great time. Okay, good. So that was surprising, but was it, was it? I don't know. It kind of was and it kind of wasn't. Like, I think there has been this general feeling that her heart, really wasn't in the job, period, like from the very, very beginning. And then when you're faced with COVID and kind of all the things we've had to deal with, I mean, Rashard Brooks, um, all the protests, and then on top of it, I mean, homicide is up 60% in the city of Atlanta. I mean, crime, that Lennox is Mall, so hard to get over. Uh, water sellers on the street. I mean, there's been a lot. And there feels like nothing is happening to deal with it, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and maybe there is or maybe there isn't, but I can tell you that the perception all over the city is that ain't anything happening. Well, I'll tell you what was happening. When she came out and gave her speech... That yellow suit she was wearing was fabulous. She has very good style. She is gorgeous. I mean, I don't think anybody can argue with that. So, But You're here, right. here's a little bit of her farewell speech. My love for this city was a love planted in my heart long before I was formed in my mother's womb. And I wish that I could tell you there was a moment or that there was a thing. Um, But when you have faith and you pray for God's wisdom and guidance, uh, in the same way that it was very clear to me almost five years ago that I should run for mayor of Atlanta, 
it is abundantly clear to me today that it is time to pass the baton on to someone else. I guess it's not a farewell. It's just a, you know, a placeholder. Like, I'm going to do it and I'm going to move on. Mm. Yeah, it felt weird. Like the video announcement, it felt like it was like, look at all the great things I've done, but I'm out of here. You know, it was it's a little weird. But look, Atlanta is never boring. Right. So now we have got a wide open mayor's race. Oof. Oof, but that yellow suit, well, I'm into that. <laughs> I was into it. I was. So who are the people that we think are going to run for mayor? Because like I saw Mary Norwood put out a picture that was like, hey, it's my team. Did you see that? Yeah, that was that was a little weak. <laughs> I have to say, you know, it was it was odd. Then you have Kwanzaa Hall is preying on it. Well, he's like, He's just had a huge amount of people calling him and texting saying, you must be mayor of Atlanta. Yeah, but a lot of people, when I tweeted that out, were calling me too. (laughs) (laughs) Including me. That's right. Then you have the name that I was most surprised by, and they they mentioned a lot of people, obviously, but Steve Coonan, the CEO of the Hawks. Listen, I think that, I think this is a real moment for this city and for this state. And rarely do you get an opportunity like this where you have this vacancy. And we really do need somebody to kind of step up and, and lead. And so I could see why Steve Coon would be considering it. Well, uh, we had been trying to get him on the podcast a couple times. So I reached out to him during the election. I know him. And um, he was like, oh, it's election. We have State Farm Marina voting. It, you know, I'm too busy, but I definitely want to do it. And then I reached out to him to try to be on this week. Right. Right after the mayor's announcement. And he was like, yeah, the Hawks are in the playoffs. I'm busy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, go Hawks. It shows you. Yeah, I'm really with the test. He did get right back to me, though, and he has agreed to speak to us. But when will be the right time? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I think whenever there's not something big happening in Coonan <laughs> world, that's when he'll talk. Uh, well, I give a shout out to his wife, Edie, and daughter, Amy. I know they'll put in the good word for me. All right. We did mention this last time, but B. Wynn is running for secretary of state. And there was a big splash about that. Your thoughts? Great. I mean, young, energetic. I think what was interesting about watching her launch and roll out was Look, she is really good at uh, uh, kind of growing organic excitement kind of around her and her campaign. And she's done a really good job. I mean, she's calling it the beehive, like on Twitter, and, and really just trying to engage people. And so she's definitely one to watch. And thank goodness we have a declared candidate because then we've got all the crazies on the right, like Jody Heiss, you know, saying outlandish things about the election. So we really do need someone to kind of balance that out and kind of to speak to those things. So Raffensperger is going to run again or not? I don't know. They haven't and he hasn't announced. He hasn't announced. And his problem is that he can't make it out of a primary with with somebody like Heiss. I mean, if you look at what Heiss said, he had the most vitriol for Raffensperger, the Republican. So bizarre. I want to talk about him in a minute. Actually, you know what? We can just bring him up now because there's the whole Liz Cheney thing and people like Jody Heiss. How well do you know him? Uh, not well. Okay. 
but you've seen him at the Capitol. I've seen him and I, it's really I've listened to him and listened to kind of a lot of the things that he's said. He's in a very safe Republican district. It's one of those districts that's been gerrymandered to be a really strong R district. So he never has to worry about a real challenge. So the fact that he's chosen to jump into the Secretary of State's race is interesting. And I think it probably had a lot to do with the fact that Trump came out and basically endorsed him almost immediately. Right. But will that matter, you know, down the road? For the primary. Yeah. 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 So he said some crazy things. And while we're on the topic of crazy things, Representative Andrew Clyde had some crazy things to say about the insurrection. There was no insurrection, and to call it an insurrection, in my opinion, is a bold-faced lie. Watching the TV footage of those who entered the Capitol and walked through Statuary Hall showed people in an orderly fashion staying between the stanchions and ropes taking videos and pictures. You know, if you didn't know the TV footage was a video from January the 6th, you would actually think it was a normal tourist visit. Wow. Listen, this whole idea (laughs) that he can't even tell the difference between tourism and terrorism is a little, I mean, he's trying to outnut Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean, there have been so many videos that have come out where like they put side by side of him saying that and then the video of of that. It's But this seems to be like what they're all doing. They're all in denial of what happened. And then I've heard conservatives saying, and I'm going to give an example, and I know it's Meg McCain on The View again. Okay, I watched it today. But even she was saying, oh, it was four months ago. You know, we need to talk about more pressing things like the gas shortage, which isn't true, really. Uh, We need to talk about inflation. Uh, We need to talk about the border. So why do we keep talking about January 6th? Because it was an insurrection. I mean, it literally was people trying to overthrow an election of a president. I mean, the whole idea that it's like, oh, y'all, I mean, come on, four months. It's so yesterday. It, It just floors me. And I think with respect to Republicans, too, I think they think that if they keep saying the lie or the things that are a lie over and over and over, that people will believe it because they saw that that's what happened with Trump. But that's why we cannot let up when it comes to calling these folks out, you know, in terms of what happened in January, but also in terms of of the election itself. Well, I'm in full agreement with you, obviously. I just like to learn what the Republican talking points are to see. And I agree. We need to keep talking about this because every day something new comes out about the insurrection and and it's horrific. It's it's absolutely terrible. I mean, the, the the what could have happened out of yeah. there, you know, if Pence wouldn't have gotten out of there right at the right second, if Romney would, wouldn't have turned around in that hall, if they would have been able to breach the House chamber. There are all these kind of what ifs. And, and we came so, so close. And so, no, no, I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, let's talk about inflation. No. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And well, I know there's a lot of talk about gas shortage, but I went to one gas station and I was able to get gas, no problem. And that's only because I'm going to a road trip. I'm going on a road trip. I'm going to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Oh, that's so lovely. (laughs) I'll report back on that. I'm looking forward to it. I want to get, you know, I love the country. I know you do. I know you do. (laughs) Right. Before we get to our guest, I want to talk about this dust up between AOC, MTG. 
Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez really gets, you know, look, she's a firebrand without question. But remember a few months ago, Representative Ted Yoho? Yeah, had, that was. Had a dust up with her. Now she she has to worry about that guy. And now she has to worry about Marjorie Taylor Greene shouting at her while she's trying to walk down the hall. Look, all it is is Greene trying to draw attention to herself and trying to raise money. She knows that AOC is a lightning rod within the conservatives, right? But also with liberals, and it just draws more attention to her. So she's just trying to kind of get a little bit of the shine, you know, that is AOC so that she can keep raising money. And it's it's absolutely ridiculous. But when did they step in? Because this felt very familiar to me. I worked in a hostile work environment where somebody... I would come into work every day and it was a whole team that was just treating me terribly. And I went to my boss and this boss was like, you have to just suck it up. Sorry. And it was awful. Well, the end of the story is that person got fired. Not for that, but it eventually got worked itself out. But how do you how do you like go to work every day knowing that someone's going to come at you? Well, I think what's crazy is we're talking about Congress. For real, we are talking about Congress. And you have this crazy congressperson from the state of Georgia who is yelling at another congressperson just because she wants attention. I mean, y'all, it doesn't matter if you're conservative or or not, Republican or Democratic. We have got to get it together. That is not how grown people should be acting. It's really unbelievable. It's 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 just it's. That's the face of the party, though. Unfortunately, you know, these Andrew Clydes and Marjorie Taylor Greens, that is what you're hearing from the Republican Party right now. No, and that's what's crazy is that people seem to be following their lead as opposed to there being leadership kind of emerging saying we, we can't be like that. Right. And so it's it's very sad. And then you have Liz Cheney, who people will say that her like visibility level is higher than ever. Uh, she immediately got booted out. And then in comes Savannah Guthrie. Right. Uh, Look, the Cheneys know how to do it. You, you know, her her media team, they got, you know, they had Savannah there. Interview was done. Today show the next morning. Is she planning a run? She may be. I mean, and she may have seen this as kind of a springboard for that. Look, the Cheneys are very, very smart people. They don't do anything without completely gaming it out and mapping it out politically. So my guess is she may be looking at a national run, especially because Trump has said that she's his number one target in terms of, of taking a congressperson out in a primary. And she had a lot to say. Are you the leader of the opposition in exile right now in the Republican Party? I, I intend to be the leader, uh, one of the leaders, in, in a fight to help to restore our party, in a fight to bring our party back to substance and principles, uh, and in a fight to, to make clear that we won't participate in, in a really dangerous effort that's underway. A lot of people frame this as a battle for the soul of the Republican Party. This is the, I think, opening salvo in that battle. And, and it's a battle we have to win um, because it's not just about the Republican Party. Uh, it's about the country. The Trump political team is actively looking to coalesce around a primary challenger to you. What is your message to them? You know, uh, bring it on. 
I also think this is a woman thing. And I also think, you know, as you said earlier, making her a target is quite dangerous for her. I'm sure she had it. She's had to bump up her security. I'm I'm sure she has to have it. I mean, I know just a little bit of what we dealt with down here after the Giuliani hearings and kind of the security that we had to get and, you know, putting public safety on notice in terms of the threats we were getting. I cannot even imagine what Liz Cheney is having to deal with. Well, it's one thing, uh, one way to bring uh, women together is that that uh, whole thing. So we're just going to have to wait and see. We're going to wait and see what happens. In the meantime, let's get to our guest. Today, we're going to talk with Marcus Flowers, and he's the Democrat running to defeat Marjorie Taylor Greene in Georgia's 14th district. And you may have seen Marcus around. He has gone viral with some of his great videos, but he's spent his entire career in the military. He's been in the Army with more than 20 years experience as a contractor and official for the state Department and Department of Defense, but he has taken the time right now to talk to Jen and I. Uh, Marcus, welcome. Mara, Senator Jen, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited because, you know, we were just talking about your your opposition, Miss Green, and the dust up around um, AOC. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just, uh, I just saw this this morning and we put out a tweet about it. Anyone else in the world, any normal person who behaved that way at their job would be unceremoniously fired. So we need to get rid of Congresswoman Green as soon as possible. And that's why I'm running. It's time for her to go. And I'm sorry I called you Mara. I met Mara because I have a, my, one of my best friends from work, Mara, who I've worked with for years, hung out with every day. You know, that's spelled the exact same way. Well, I'm so used to it. <laughs> and thanks for recognizing that. And I think, Marcus, you bring up a great point. It, that is true. Someone would be penalized for something like that. But when I first learned who you were, you were just like one of vote her podcast earliest listeners and uh, enthusiasts. Um, I had never... My favorite. (laughs) My favorite Georgia political podcast, by the way. You guys know that. That's awesome. (laughs) So, you know, you used to send tweets and it was so great and it was so always so great you know when you do a podcast you're just so happy that anybody is listening but then you came on the scene and decided you were gonna run for congress and here's why you know you're a a black man in georgia 14 so everybody is saying to you ah this can't happen tell me how did you get the idea to do this? Who, what, why, where? Tell me how it all came together. How it all came together. Let's see. Let's take it back to May 25th, 2020, the day that I saw George Floyd being murdered by Officer Chauvin. To me, that was a wake-up call. You know, I never really thought about politics or anything like that. Activism, nothing. I saw that that day. And I started, you know, seeing everything that came after it, you know, even before that, if you look at Eric Garner and um, everything that went down in St. Louis with Michael Brown, I just couldn't sit back and not say anything anymore. Coming from the world that I come from, as you pointed out, veteran, Army veteran, defense contractor, government official, you know, we are nonpartisan people. I've 
you know, there's the Hatch Act, so there's only so much we can say politically. After George Floyd, I decided to, you know, get involved a little bit, maybe do some activism. That's when I started listening to you guys a little bit later on. I uh, saw what was going on in the district with Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, decided to voice my opinion there, got on Twitter for the first time ever in June, and then John Lewis and C.T. Vivian died on the same day. Uh, and that was one of those things like, wow, who's going to pick up the torch there? I started thinking things like that. Who's going to pick up and push their messages forward? Still wasn't thinking about me doing it at the time. I was just thinking about, you know, how can I get involved a little bit? So I started helping Democrats, started donating to a few Democrats. I, uh, someone named Senator Jen Jordan. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> put out a list of women in Georgia who are running. And I said, hey, you know, here, here's, here's some place where I can help. I started making my first political contributions. And then I just kept doing it. Kept being an activist, kept speaking out, kept talking to people, listening, hearing what people were thinking, all the way up until the election. You know, we got two Democrat senators in, we got a Democrat president in, and then it all came tumbling down on January 6th for me when I saw what happened at the Capitol, seeing a police officers beaten with flags, sprayed with pepper spray and mace and bear spray. Officers, you know, being dragged out of the Capitol and beaten, you know, people being killed, hearing them scream, hang Mike Pence. I watched all that in horror, just like everybody did on that day. I was a government official at the time. The very next day, I called my supervisor the very next morning, as soon as I thought he would be up and at him. I said, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm going to resign my position and I'm going to run for Congress. He wasn't surprised at all. He said, hey, I understand. You got to do what you got to do. And, you know, we kind of, we know you, so... You know, you wouldn't be able to sleep at night if you didn't do something. And here we are today. Wow. Jen, you did it. You pushed him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's interesting because, I mean, this podcast kind of came about because of COVID too, right? And like I call them my Twitter friends, Mm -hmm. like all these people that we really all communicated with each other during the pandemic and, and became very friendly but had never met, really didn't know each other, but kind of felt like we did just because we're we're seeing each other react to things in real time. And, and so, you know, Marcus, I count you as one of my Twitter friends. And, you know, I just appreciate that friendship during the pandemic because I think we were all, we were all looking for something and needing, you know, needing to connect with people. Oh, it meant a lot to me as well. Uh, I listened closely to everything you guys were saying. You know, like I said, you're my favorite senator. Oh, me too. Amazing. Me too. Meanwhile, so you, a couple of things you've done have gone really viral. The one, especially I think that really got me, it was you and your district, Georgia 14. I mean, Mm -hmm. what's the percentage of black people in Georgia 14? We're about 11%. 11%. We're a strong 11%. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you stand out. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, there's a great video of you where you decided there was a Confederate flag sticker on a, a road sign. 
And honestly, in the area of Georgia 14 in your district, that's not unusual to see a Confederate flag sticker or flag uh, anywhere. How did that come together? Was that just random? You just saw it and said, well, I'm going to do this today? There are there were several, were several past tense. We're not there anymore. There was one on a, I guess you call them a junction box right next to a gas station that's, you know, at sea on the way, taking the kids to school, to the high school. So I'd see that. I saw it for a few days. And I was talking to my daughter about it. Um, and she's like, yeah, these things are popping up everywhere. I said, well, you know what? We got a holiday coming up in a few days. Let's go out and take these things down. And she's like, heck yeah, let's do it. So she and I went out on Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday and decided to take down Confederate battle flag stickers and move in the haze. And, you know, I tweeted about it. So this is what I'm forced to do on my holiday. You know, I would have rather been eating cake or something, but you know, it's, that was a better use of the time. Well, I thought it was, I thought it was very powerful. I mean, it was, it was a very straightforward yeah. video, but, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was powerful. It and was. I, and, and I think, you know, the message yeah. came through very clearly. And so, you know. Yeah, so it's enough of that. So, a lot of people will look at you now. First of all, I want to comment since Jen's not looking at you because she makes me have FaceTime with all the guests. <laughs> okay. You're wearing an Auburn shirt. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> Marcus. Am I? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to call me out on that. Now, listen, <laughs> I don't care because I don't care about college football or anything. But for as me as you're on the sideline media coach, you don't wear that. No, <laughs> do not. But you. Well, let me say this. Georgia is my favorite team that's not Auburn about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. We'll work on that. Okay. No, there are a lot of all Georgia of people that went to Auburn, of course. And, uh, you know, but I, I, I got to ask. From Alabama. You know, people will look at you and your campaign and the landscape of where you live in that district and, and they'll say, gosh, Marcus, you don't have a chance. I mean, you just don't. What keeps you going when people say that and what makes you think that you know, hey, I, I can get this done. Listen, you know, my life has been a series of uphill battles. And I've been counted out before. Told you can't do this. You can't do that. I prove people wrong every step of the way. Now, here's one thing people don't know about this district. The people here are kind. They are caring. They're generous. And I say this in my speeches to people. The people here will hold a door open for you. Even if you're 30 feet away in a pandemic, you know, nobody in America can believe that right now. And how can we possibly expect them to believe that with the representative that we sent to Washington, D.C., with everything that we are not, everything that we are not. Hey, she's not from here, but still, she's everything that we're not. So I'm here to prove to people that the people here are not what you think. We're not like her. Now, I think... She was. She sold the people here a bill of goods, a bad bill of goods. They didn't quite know what they were getting, and I get what people were thinking. Yeah, she's going to go shake things up, and you know, politicians say that all the time. You know, I'm going to shake things up and make it work. Trump said it. Yeah, what did he do? He didn't shake things up and make it any better. You don't change Washington D.C. It changes you. She didn't need any changing, by the way, uh, or it couldn't change her because 
And I don't know what to say about what she was before she got there. From the things that I saw, I was paying close attention. I don't know if everybody else was, but she's not helping anybody. She's trying to help herself. She's trying to improve her brand. You know, she belongs on OAN or Newsmax or something like that. That's what I think she wants. And I'm going to help her get there. Well, all right with that. I do. How do you connect with someone who, in your area, who may be in election, they believe in the big lie, they were a huge Trump supporter. Um, how do you break through to somebody like that? What's the cut? Because that's one thing I really like about you is that you're willing to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. I think that more people need to do that. They need to be willing to have the conversation. So what does that conversation go like for you when you're talking to a Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, supporter? Well, here's the thing that I've always done. I always meet people where they are. And I don't start it off with politics. I kind of disarm people by letting them know who I am a little bit, you know. You see, we don't see so differently. But what is it that you see in someone like Marjorie Taylor Greene? What is she actually doing for you? How is she helping people? How is she governing? You know, that's what I do. That's, and I use that for everything. Even with my kids, I meet them where they are. I take it to, you know, okay, where are you? Okay, so let's go together. At that point, we'll move forward. I think a lot of people are receptive to that. And everyone that I've talked to, Democrats and Republicans, actually more Republicans that I've talked to, and every person to a, a person is embarrassed. They're not happy with what she's doing there. And they want real change. They want the same things we want. They want infrastructure. They want rural health care. They want broadband. You know, they want their kids back in school. They want things to go back to normal. We all do. We do. I mean, Jen and I are going to, we're ready to burn our masks. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> a mask burning ceremony. That's right. That's yeah. right. Uh, a party, Marcus. Come on. So uh, your Twitter feed, your Twitter, you, we talked about Twitter. You have 150,000 followers. I am like so. 102. 102. Oh, wait, so 102. I'm sorry. I had to put my glasses back on. Oh my God. 102, I'm, but maybe by the time this this airs. I'm just like, I have such Twitter Who's follower counting? envy. Who's counting? <laughs> and it's at Marcus for Georgia. Has Marjorie Taylor Greene, has she said anything about you? Called, contacted you? Have you had any interaction with her? I reached out to her before she was elected and I asked her to walk back some of the statements that she'd made about some disparaging statements about black and brown people. Uh, that's where I started it. And it was crickets. So, you know, she hasn't responded to me. I think that I'm, since I'm running, it's probably wise that she doesn't respond to anything that I say right now. But she may. We'll see. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll be watching. I mean, we may have to. Pro- <laughs> Although it's funny because I don't want to provoke her because no, she scares no. me. I think I think she's not a nice yeah. person. Yeah. I mean, I think there's uh, there's some people who yeah. I may not agree with, but I think in their heart and soul, like you say, like the people in your community, they may not agree with you, but, you know, they're good people and have the best intentions. Well, Marcus, we're rooting for you. I mean, we like, what is it? Send flowers to Congress. Oh my gosh, I love that. That's like the <laughs> Send best. Congress flowers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and I like your logo where it's like the Marcus, the you. You wouldn't see this, Jen, because you're not looking at Marcus like I am in his Auburn, Auburn shirt. shirt. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I'm from Alabama. So okay. you got to dance who brung you. 
But the logo, the um, Marcus, the U.S. is in red, which oh, is, I think, is clever. Yeah. Good job. We, we, have, yeah. we have a few good ideas. Good job. We have a few good ideas. All right. Well, everybody should donate to your campaign. And we'll be watching and rooting from the sidelines. That's right. Marcus, thanks for joining Please us. Do. Thanks for being on with us today. Thank you guys for having me. I really, really appreciate the opportunity. And like you said, everybody go to MarcusForGeorgia.com and help us bring sanity, decency back to Congress, please. Thank you. All right. Well, that was fun. Marcus Flowers running for Congress. I know. I kind of feel like I don't, it, it, it's, it's like I'm kind of proud because it is. We did kind of see this maturation of him on Twitter. And I remember following it, right, and and how he became much more, I don't even want to say involved, but really intentional in terms of what he was saying, what he was doing. And you could you could feel that he felt called. I'm just uh, happy that someone listened to our podcast. <laughs> I know. He, he like immediately was like, it's the best thing ever. And we're like, we love Marcus Flowers. <laughs> well, because it is a weird thing. It's like my whole career is in radio and, and you know, when you're on the radio, it's very instant. You know, someone will tell you like right away. And and with a podcast, you know, people listen at their own right speed. So it's like yeah. when someone says they listen. Well, and look, it's been a maturation for us too. I mean, oh. from the first time we did our first podcast, the first time we ever met, we just sat down. And so from I've been wanting to go back and like listen to the first one and kind of kind of see, but then I'm a little bit I'm a little bit scared. This is our thirtieth episode. Crazy. Yep. Crazy. And in the first one, my friends, one of my friends, Courtney Wagner, I'll mention her. She was like, you're too soft. You got to spice it up. It isn't you because I was intimidated by you. I didn't know. I was like, ah, you know, we were just meeting for the first time. So it is wild. I love how you said like in the pandemic and now that we're like getting out of it, it's like all these things that happened that were just so unusual. Well, in that caused us to do things that we normally wouldn't. Right. Like we would never have met offline. Never. But for Twitter and and the pandemic and and being locked in our houses. And here we are. It's a beautiful thing. 30 episodes later. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And you're still letting me ask you dumb (laughs) questions. I'm so happy. All right. Now, Obviously, kids can get vaccinated. Want to give a shout out to Viral Solutions because they have drive through locations all over the Georgia Metro, uh, Atlanta Metro, and then Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Yeah, and that's where my kids were vaccinated. They're doing the teen vaccinations. I got my vaccine there. It's for Fulton County Health. They're doing a great job. Well, and let's be clear that now you can go maskless if you are vaccinated, that should be even more of a reason for people to want to get in as quickly as possible. I mean, maskless. Maskless. It's so weird. I know. I know. It's just, I think of all the people that spent all the money on the glamorous masks, like, you know, bedazzled. Like I wanted to. I tried to find some and I couldn't. I was like, where are these cool masks? I bought all mine from Athleta because they had that good, like, workout okay. fabric. Okay, Breathable. Now, yes, breathable. that's right, breathable. But so now we have some interesting incentives for people to get vaccinated because there still is vaccine hesitancy. And Governor Mike DeWine of Ohio has come up with a lottery. 
Ohio is offering its residents a shot at winning a million dollars along with their COVID vaccine shots. Governor Mike DeWine announced that beginning May 26th, the state will draw one vaccine recipient to win one million dollars. This will happen every week for five weeks. To qualify, you have to live in Ohio, be, sick, be 18 or older, and have at least one dose of the COVID vaccine. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine joins us first on CBS This Morning. Governor, good morning. Thanks for being with us. Why this Thank incentive? You. you know, I've been thinking uh, every day, what can we do to increase the number of people who are getting the vaccine? And just decided that this might be something that would, would kind of persuade some people. Uh, you know, Fran and I, my wife Fran and I have been traveling around the state and talking to people who are getting vaccinated. And one of the things that we see is that there are some people who just were holding back and then their relative talked them into it, their spouse talked them into it, right. or it became available, they didn't have to set up an appointment. So we have people who are, not, are never gonna get it. We have people, 42% of Ohioans now have already got it. Then we've got the what I call the persuadables in the middle. And um, it's not just getting them to do it. Uh, some of them may eventually do it, but getting people to be vaccinated now, as opposed to a month or two months from now, will certainly slow this virus down. And ultimately, this is going to save lives. So I think it's a little brilliant, actually. I, I, I may would get vaccinated again. I mean, <laughs> just to get put in kind of, you know, because everybody thinks they're going to win. So it's like, oh, this is great. I'll just go get vaccinated. People love money and they love the lottery. But like, if you love life, why would do you just save well, your life? Well, come on, Mara. <laughs> and life, then, when you can win some money, come on. So do you think that Governor Kemp would ever do an incentive? Because, okay, just to, as you would say, let's be clear. Uh, <laughs> governor DeWine is a hardline Republican governor in Ohio, even though he hasn't, he's not like the Trumpiest. But, you know, Ohio, you know. He's Trumpian though. Right. So is this something that that Governor Kemp sh could or should do? Like if he did, like, I think I'd be I think that was great. I mean, I would like it if he did something like this. I think what we've seen from his past actions, though, is that he really just doesn't do much, period. And they have that whole like lottery studio at the WSB studios because, you know, the Georgia lottery. Oh, my the, gosh. You're already like planning it. The out. Powerball. <laughs> I'm such a media person because I know that they have that Powerball studio right at WSB. And it's like, it's, you know, it's like Price is Right. It looks so cool in and there. Everybody's name is in there. And, and he could, I mean, it would be amazing. But then you had, and then you've had like restaurants do a shot for a shot where like you get free beer. If you get a shot, you show your vaccination. Well, and I can't remember which state it was in, but they were doing vaccinations at breweries. Yeah, 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 that's what I meant. Breweries, yeah. yeah. Like it was like you go in and, you know, they have vaccinations and you can get a lager. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, I was happy to see the Atlanta Braves has been doing that. They have had shots there. It didn't look like there met many people were getting them. But one thing I did notice at the Braves game is people really aren't canceling Major League Baseball. It seems like people are buying tickets to the games and, and going. Yeah, I think that's pretty much exactly what's been happening all along. Oh, I also saw some of them drinking some Coca-Cola products while uh, they were there. I know. So there is... <laughs> 
there's no such thing as woke coke. And, <laughs> and, and they maybe flew Delta someplace now that we can start flying again. So I bet you that like Delta may be the official carrier for some of these MLB teams, but I'm not sure. So Right. They win. I think they won like the J.D. Powers, like best airline of the year because of the middle taking out the middle seat during the like height of the pandemic. That well, big thing. I, I, I'm a big fan of Delta. Me too. Delta loyal all the way. Uh, and they're not even sponsoring this show. No, they're not. Nobody is. <laughs> <laughs> so if you would like to sponsor this, I'm, I'm looking at you. Bruce Hagen, the people's <laughs> lawyer. He used to sponsor one of my other shows. But hey, thanks for joining us today. Thanks to our producer, the always great Christina Loringer. Thanks to Terminus Records for our music. If you want to reach out to us at Senator Jen, at Mara Davis, at podcastvote at gmail.com. Thank you to everybody who rates us and to comments on Apple Podcasts because it does go a really, really long way when you leave a comment because it helps other people understand what we're about. And... Um, burn that mask. I'm wearing an underwire now. I'm considering what to do with it. Well, I, I, I don't know about that, but the mask, <laughs> we can definitely burn. Okay. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>